This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I don't know that my parents would be happy if they found out that I was now living in the basement with a dead man and my body was fused with three other women and I was his sex slave. You would have looked great. Hello and welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. And I'm Stacey Kulo. And this is a podcast where I share one of my favorite shows, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, with my girlfriend Stacey, who's never seen it. And I simultaneously share one of my favorite shows, Gilmore Girls, with my boyfriend, Brian, who's never seen it. Who are we? Well, we're comedians who live in New York. And everything's going great with the podcast. <laughs> yeah, everything's going well with the podcast. Um, I can't speak to anything else that's happening in the world. but No. Uh, Podcast is going well. Especially now we've gotten a little ahead of ourselves, so we have no idea what's happening in the world when this is released. Yeah, I, we just want to watch more episodes, man. It's getting good. Season two is good so far. What did people do before they could binge? They were just sad for a whole week, I think. Honestly. Um, I made muffins. They were great. I had a muffin last night, super late. I felt like I was at the bronze. <laughs> and the muffins you made were banana, like banana bread muffins. With chocolate chip. We devoured them. They were so good. I missed them already. Well, you did sing that whole song about how you ate the last muffin. And I apologize for making up a song about the muffin. It was fine. It was just, it was long. Well, we're recording the podcast in a scary time of day. Our neighbors like to do weird stuff around this time. Yeah, our neighbor next door is like taking everything off of one wall and like pounding it into another one. This happens every couple of months. I think they rearrange all their art. So this week we started with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, We started with season two, episode two, Some Assembly Required. Interesting tidbit about this episode, Stace. Do tell. As you know, I really fell in love with the first season after watching the reruns on TV. Mm -hmm. So I got really excited about season two, saw the first episode, but I missed the second episode for some reason. So I called my pen pal. Is that like an Instagram follower? No, pen pal was crazy thing people <laughs> used to do. We used to send each other letters. You send each other pens? Yeah, 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 yeah. We both were super into pens. Weird. Actually, we were super into books. We met in an AOL chat room called Books. Just books? That was the name of it. Back then, there was not a lot of chat rooms. Sorry, tell us about your pen pal. Well, I called her and I was like, hey, you're three hours behind me. The show's going to be on there in like a half an hour. Could you record it? And she did. And so she sent me the VHS tape via mail so I could watch the second episode. Wow. This is before Netflix. This is before you could download TV shows or watch YouTubes. I said YouTubes like that's a thing. Yeah, that's how he says it. I keep telling him he sounds old, but he insists on that's the pronunciation. Listen, I like my books rooms and I like my YouTubes. We've lost all of our young audience now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we had a strong young audience following. Who knows? But anyway, uh, yeah, so I was able to catch it, but not until after I watched the third episode. So Stacy, why don't you tell us what happened in Buffy? Sure. This episode is about a troubling discovery that Buffy and her friends make that some boys that they go to school with are reanimating bodies and like building people out of dead body parts and also about Giles and Miss Calendar falling in love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the gist. Yeah, that's what happened. Let's dive into that body dumpster. So it opens on Buffy waiting at a grave, waiting for a vampire to rise. How do they know which bodies are vampires? Is there like a 
vampire obituary section that Giles reads? I mean, this is Sunnydale, right? They probably just like categorize the deaths that way. Maybe. But anyway, she's sitting on a grave waiting for someone to rise. She's got her yo-yo to keep her young. We've retired her sucker and given her a yo-yo. Yeah, I know. Angel shows up. Him and Buffy discuss whether or not he's jealous of Xander. And Angel said he's not jealous because Xander's just a kid. And Buffy's like, a kid? What does that mean? I'm just a kid? And Brian and I are both like, yes, yes you are a kid. It's weird that he's into you. We both like shouted that at the TV. <laughs> like if a 50-year-old was dating a 20-year-old, you'd be like, that's weird. Even if he was a super fit 50-year-old. I find the older I get, the less patience I have for teenagers. So I imagine like an 80-year-old would not want to hear what a teenager has to say, let alone a 241-year-old man. Yeah. He just would not have anything in common. Now we've really lost our young audience. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're in a really, really, really old man. The vampire does wake up. She kills it. Then she like falls into an open grave. She's like, I wish people would stop leaving open graves. Do people do that? I, I don't think that's like an ongoing problem. I mean, last episode, there was an open grave. True, true. So her and Angel then discover that a body has been dragged out of this grave, likely a female body based on the shoe they find. Was she buried? That was like a heel, right? Mm-hmm. Do, do women get buried in heels? Yeah, it's a, it's a rule. Does the heel matter if you're dead? It's so that if you're not dead, you can claw your way out. With the heel? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, people get buried in, like, nice clothes. I'd... Yeah, but a heel, isn't that, like, specifically to make your legs look better when you're standing on it? But what's she going to wear, like, tennis shoes? I don't know. It's just, like, a, a comfortable slipper. Does it matter if it's comfortable? You might as well put on the most painful shoes you have. She might as well just have horseshoes on then, I guess. Yeah. So Buffy and Xander go to tell Giles about the body, and they walk in on Giles practicing asking a chair on a date. It's super embarrassing. Very indecorous. It's adorable. I mean, he's clearly trying to ask out Miss Calendar, which they deduce, and they give him some advice on how to do that. Buffy tells him to ask how she feels about Mexican food, and it's all good advice, but definitely not things that Giles can actually pull off. Like, yeah. all this advice is very out of character for him, so we'll see how that goes. Then they tell him about the grave robbing, and he's, like, weirdly excited about it. That was funny. I like that throughout this episode, a lot of people call out Buffy for her weird sexy dance that she did in the last episode. That made me happy, because it needed to be called out. That was, like, the most extreme behavior in that first episode, and I didn't forgive her. So I'm glad no one else is. It was just so mean and inconsiderate to everyone there, all her friends. Mm-hmm. Especially Willow, who, like, why are you mad at Willow? Yeah. So she's like, I'm never going to live that down, am I? And they're like, No. <laughs> Then we learn there's a science fair going on. We label two characters as Eric and Chris. Death sentences. Yeah, they got names, so you know nothing's going to go great for them. They say something about Cordelia being perfect for whatever they're working on, but not quite because she's alive. We're like, whoa, okay, these are freaks. Yeah, so there's this creepy kid Eric just taking creepy photos of everybody. Like, I I immediately hated him. He's got a Tristan vibe, I feel like. But, like, not cool yeah like an ugly loser tristan <laughs> tristan has money this kid does not cordelia overhears the gang talking about how they're gonna go talk about some supernatural stuff so she follows them they're like why was this body dug up zombies voodoo they're brainstorming you know and they do some research probably in the computer and they find out that there were three girls that died in a car accident from a different school, and they decide that they need to dig up the other bodies to find out why this person is doing this. And Xander makes a joke about how this other school must have a higher body count than Sunnydale now. 
That was funny. I like that they called out that this place is crazy, but I really doubt it has a higher body count. I also kind of like that Giles like made it clear that like zombies aren't like in the movies. Because mm-hmm. the idea of zombies eating humans is like, that's just a movie thing. That was never what zombies were about before. It's cool because you actually know what you're talking about. Somebody actually researched this stuff. Yeah. And also Cordelia casually mentions about a guy she knew who she said that he's dead. Daryl. And then I think Willow gives us a little backstory. He was this big football star, Chris's brother who died in some kind of accident. But yeah, he was like very popular. Cordelia either dated him or like wanted to date him. But this this affected his whole family. Chris is sad. His mom is just like checked out and not paying attention to her other kid and just like watching old home videos of her son playing football. She's a zombie herself, I think. That was so creepy. She's just watching all those football tapes and you're like, okay, you're insane. Like, yeah. has no one intervened on this? Like, this is... Not good. Like, is it because she lost her son she's kind of lost her mind? Or was she, like, too obsessed with her son's football in the first place? Right. I mean, that feels like a dad thing to be like, oh, my son's going to go to college and do what I couldn't do. But it feels weird for the mom to be obsessing over that. Especially, like, for she's been watching these tapes for years? Yeah. It's, he's been dead a couple years. So then Cordelia's leaving cheerleading practice. She's being pursued by something. How often is Cordelia, like, bait? This is, like, at least the third time. She's the prettiest girl in the school, also the oldest. Oh, my gosh, she's so old. But she hides in a dumpster, Angel finds her, and then they find, like, a bunch of hands and stuff in the dumpster. Meanwhile, the gang has discovered the grave and that it's empty, so it must be zombies, I think, they land on? Yeah, because if it was not there, if the body was gone, it would probably, they don't say ghouls, but it probably would have been ghouls. Because ghouls eat bodies. But after checking in with Cordelia and Angel in great detail about the bodies that they found in the trash, we learn what they found doesn't quite add up to three whole girls. Hmm. There were discarded parts in there, but the rest of them must be somewhere else. By the way, Cordelia is all over Angel in this scene. She's like holding on to him the whole time and they like leave together. Does she know that he's a vampire? I don't think she knows. That kind of is never resolved either. Like, we don't see that they're a couple now. It was weird. Yeah, it was weird. There's a lot of, like, jealousy energy going on between Xander and Angel right now. Always. Yeah, which I kind of get. Because if you think about it, like, Angel is a vampire. And I know the show. And I know that Angel is, like, you know, we know he's a good guy, right? But, like, if every vampire you see is, like, trying to kill you... I get that you're like, yeah, I don't totally trust this dude. I get that too. That's why if I were Buffy, I mean, A, he's too old for you, but B, I would be always a little scared that he's going to be a vampire. Yeah, I would try to find a way to uninvite him from my house and I would be like, hey, we can work together, but like only at certain times. Like you can't just be showing up behind me every day. Could she move? Would he be uninvited from her house then? If she moved? If somebody else took over the house, yeah. Oh, really? So if someone else bought that house, he would not be invited in. Correct. But if she moved to a different house, he also would not be invited to that house automatically? I believe that's true. I don't know. What if they rent a house? That's interesting. I don't know. Yeah, be, we should get like a, a pamphlet on vampire rental information. Yep. Okay, so Willow tells them that there's a bunch of really smart guys in this school, and it could be any one of them that know how to do all this stuff with bodies. So they find a list of smart people and hack into their lockers and quickly discover... That Chris is building a woman with his creepy friend Eric based on a very explicit poster of an assembled woman in his locker. What the hell is that? First off, who's making that? You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no reason to put that in your locker. That's the other thing. It's like, that's like not an efficient thing to do. It wasn't even like the back of his locker or like a crumpled up thing. It was just on the door, like where a sexy woman would be in a normal boy's locker. Yeah, that's like where a picture of Sarah Michelle Gellar was on my locker. (laughs) (laughs) 
So they've got like a lab where they're building a woman. It's like weird science, but weirder. It's like a it's like a reanimator. Yeah, exactly. And then we find out that they're doing all this for Chris's brother, Daryl, who they have reanimated. And he is 30 years old, even though he was 17 when he died. Dying ages you, baby. He's so old. <laughs> I see why Cordelia was into him. Yeah. They're the same age. Yeah. yeah, so can we just talk about how these villains, I mean, one of them is really a villain and one of them sort of a, I mean, he's still kind of a villain, but yeah. like, they're just geniuses. I guess. They're just teenage geniuses that have figured out how to like with do a, something no one else ever has. With a crazy hobby. Yeah. I feel like they needed to have some Hellmouth explanation. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, that's the thing. The Hellmouth has nothing to do with this. They're just weirdos. Who are doing the impossible. Yeah. They're building him a woman so that he doesn't have to be alone. But they need a head for her. We have some moral confliction here, right? Daryl really wants a buddy. A fuck buddy. Yeah, what's he going to do with her? It's unclear. <laughs> I think it's clear what's eh. happening. Uh, they're going to cuddle and more, I imagine. Yeah. Maybe they're going to play football together in the backyard. Yeah. When their mom watches. But it turns out the three dead girls, none of their heads were good enough. They weren't fresh enough. And the body is going to go bad, I guess, unless they get a head on it real soon. So they need to, like, kill a woman to get the freshest head possible. And yeah, Eric's like, I totally want to kill a woman. I wanted to do that before we did this project. This is like a great excuse for me to kill a woman. And Chris is like, I, I don't know if we should kill a woman. Yeah, like, mm. but He's like, no, we can't wait any longer. Who knows how long it'll be before another girl dies. And Brian pointed out in Sunnydale, probably not long. Yeah. My question is, why does Eric care about this guy's brother? I get why Chris would want to make his brother happy, but, like, what is in this for Eric? I mean, I'm guessing Eric's just, like, an evil little evil genius, and he wants to do this. He just wants to see if it works. So Chris doesn't want to do it, but then his brother and him say a little football poem, and he's like, okay, I'll do it. (laughs) They show him some photos of girls that they're, you know, interested in killing, and he picks out Cordelia. This is where I'm like, does he remember her? I don't remember what their relationship was. I don't know that it was explained very well. I think he decided to kill Cordelia because out of everyone in the show, she's probably lived the fullest life. The longest life. Yeah, that's what I mean. (laughs) We should also mention that Giles has worked up the courage to ask Miss Calendar on a date. And she's like, I'm too busy to talk to you, but call me Jenny. And he's like trying and trying. She's like, why don't we just talk about it at the game? And through this, she kind of asks him out. And then she asks him how he feels about Mexican food. Mm. And they're going to go on a date, I guess. They're going to the game together. And he skips a little. It's fun to see Giles like this. Yeah. Giles is one of my favorite characters. He's starting to be. I I thought he was kind of just a little one note early on. But yeah, there's a lot of humor in in him being sort of... uh, Beta? What comes after Beta? (laughs) He's like a Delta male. (laughs) He's a Delta male? So the gang is going to split up to investigate. Giles can't help because he has a date. There was literally an entire episode where Buffy got yelled at by Giles for wanting to go on a date instead of working on vampire stuff. But now Giles is just like, no, I got to go. You guys got this, right? I do think there is a difference, though, if I'm being real. Because so far, the villains have only dismembered dead bodies, right? And I'm not saying that's good, but that's not like end of the world. No one is in peril because of that. Sure. We know that there's a zombie football player who wants to kill Cordelia and use her head, okay? Mm-hmm. We're aware of that. Mm-hmm. They don't know all that, right? Mm-hmm. They're just like, hey, this guy might decide to kill somebody. So I'm kind of on Giles' side here being like, yeah, maybe, but like, we don't know that that's happening. 
Of course, they're right, because anytime anyone has a theory in this show, it's 100% what's happening. So Buffy goes to Chris's house, talks to his weird mom, who doesn't care that she's just walking around in her house. Yeah, I know. She finds Chris's plans for Cordelia. Meanwhile, Chris is hunting Cordelia in the locker room. Oh, no. Oh, no. A named character in the locker room. <laughs> Doomed. Buffy comes in and like Cordelia is all tied up in a knot that, of course, she probably could have got out of. Mm-hmm. And Buffy like gets her out of there and she's like, I got to go do my cheerleading. That's the most important thing on the planet. Oh, yeah, because she's the apex of the pyramid. Yeah, she's got to go. Uh, and then Buffy talks to Chris. She stops him and with no information, really, puts together that he's doing this for his brother. She had like an aha moment. I'm like, what? How would you know that? You knew he had a brother. So then we're at the big game. Giles and Miss Calendar are there. She calls it a date. Oh. Oh, you noticed that. Willow and Xander show up. They totally cockblock Giles and just join in the date. <laughs> Daryl is there. He's under the bleachers. Is he dumb because he's a reanimated man or is that just like how he was? I think he was dumb and then this didn't help. Then Daryl grabs Cordelia, he takes her back to the lab, he blindfolds her, straps her to the table so loosely she could get out if she wanted to. And then him and Eric are about to cut off her head with no anesthesia, just cut her head off, wide awake, Cordelia. She's like, tell you what, I'll just be your lover and like this, you don't have to cut me up. And he's like, no, if you were too pretty, you'd get away. It's like, she's going to be your prisoner either way. Why not have her be a pretty prisoner? You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Well, he both thinks are... the zombie body's beautiful. That is true. You know, did she even really look at it? <laughs> it's kind of unclear, like, what her state will be once this project is over. You know? Will she be Cordelia? Will she be a bit dumb? Like, will she have the memories of the body she's, you know? Like, she's made of different women. No, I mean, I think it's pretty clear to me that she will be Cordelia just with different limbs. Hmm. Well, then I'm not okay with that. Otherwise, you're cool with it. (laughs) Yeah. Daryl, like, remembers her and, like, feels bad for not paying more attention to her when he was alive and, like, tries to convince her to do this for him. By being sweet. He should have recited a football poem. That yeah, would have... That did it for Chris. Yeah. Buffy finds Chris at the football game, and he tells her that they're operating out of the old science lab. This town has a lot of old abandoned labs. It does. So then they go to the lab. Buffy's stunt double has a big fight with Daryl. I feel like Daryl would be, like, no match for her at all. Because he's dead? No, because he doesn't have any superpower. He's big. He's really big. He's a big dude for sure. He's like three Buffy's. Buffy's stronger than any human. Yeah. And I guess they don't have him like really like putting up a match for her, but I feel like it really wouldn't be an issue at all. Then the gang shows up. How did they know to come? Yeah, I don't know. They wouldn't have known where to go. Unless, I don't think there was a scene where Buffy was like, I'm going with Chris to the old abandoned science lab. You can come if you want. I'm guessing they saw Buffy and Cordelia were gone and they were like, all right, let's go check out the two abandoned laboratories. Xander rescues Cordelia and she later thanks him. That was nice. He immediately like insults her and ruins that relationship, but whatever. But before that, a fire starts. Eric, I think, is like thrown against some barrels. And then Daryl is presumably burnt to death on top of his soon-to-be headless zombie wife. Saying, mine, mine. The authorities come. Like the the firemen and all that. Buffy's talking to Chris. Is Chris not going to jail? Yeah, Buffy's got like her hand reassuringly on Chris's shoulder, but it's like, no, Chris still was gonna kill Cordelia. He still like tied her up. He dug up bodies. He broke into a lab. (laughs) Like there's so many crimes he's committed. I love that broke into the labs on that list. (laughs) He broke into a lab. 
Yeah, like cutting up bodies isn't killing somebody, but it's also not like good. I guess if you're bringing them back to life, you it's can't not the dig worst. Up bodies. Well, I mean, no, you're not legally allowed to. But if you're making life from a dead body, I feel like that is different. Okay. Eric for sure should go to jail. Oh, for sure. But no, hear me out, though. Like, you died, and some scientist digs you up and brings you back to life. Are you going to be like, mm, I can't believe you dug me up? Maybe I wouldn't be, but the cops would be. Well, would you tell the cops press charges? I think the parents of those girls absolutely would. Would your parents, after you got brought back to life... Those girls didn't get brought back to life. Well, they almost did. If they didn't. Well, they, they tried to. I don't know that my parents would be happy if they found out that I was now living in the basement with a dead man and my body was fused with three other women and I was his sex slave. Okay, first of all... Yes? You would have looked great from what I understand. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Secondly, this isn't just some dude. This guy's a football star. Yeah, right? that's true. He did ruin his mother's life by dying. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Chris should be free. <laughs> no, Chris should go to jail for sure. Angel shows up because he saw the fire and assumed Buffy would be there. Of course. Everyone's pairing off. Miss Calendar suggests a second date. Oh. Xander and Willow are like, how come we won't find love? And Willow's like, mm. <laughs> I mean, Xander straight up says earlier in the episode that everyone wants what they can't have. Mm-hmm. Which was like, yeah, okay, that is the theme of the show. Buffy wants Angel. Angel wants a child. Cordelia wants Angel. Xander wants Buffy. Poor Willow. Giles gets what he wants. Angel and Buffy go on a nice romantic walk in the graveyard, their favorite place. He reminds us that he's 241 years old and that people might think it's weird that he's into a 17-year-old. I don't know that I'll ever get past this. Like, it is weird. Yeah. Was it weird for you when you watched this the first time as a it young man? It wasn't. It wasn't weird. But, but it's weird, right? Yeah, I feel like that's sort of the case in a lot of vampire movies and stuff, though. Is they don't address the fact that it's like, yeah, that's, it is weird. It's just like, even though you look a certain way, your your life experience tells you that teenagers are annoying. <laughs> Once you're 200 years old, like, no one is dateable, right? Like, Yeah, maybe you kind of regress. It's like, yeah, I could date this 50-year-old, but compared to me, they have no life experience. I might as well go with the prettier one. I don't know. But then he sweetly implies that he is jealous of Xander because mm-hmm. Xander's her daytime friend and he gets to see her in the sunlight. Um, and that's it. Brian, was this a good episode of Buffy? I think it was a fine episode of Buffy. I think it was funny and it was fun to watch Giles have some romance. And it was kind of a unique idea, but I don't think it was like one of the better episodes of Buffy. Probably it's in the bottom tiers for season two. What did you think? Yeah, I um I really enjoyed the interpersonal parts. Like mm-hmm. it was really funny. I liked the character development and interaction. But the actual like scary storyline was ridiculous. Yeah. Since there's no connection to the Hellmouth, it's just like, okay, what? This is just a rando thing that some teens figured out how to do? And like kind of dark and creepy. Mm-hmm. Like the implications of what they were going to do to Cordelia are kind of messed up. Yeah. It's one of those worse than death things. Yeah. But also kind of death. But also, like, this guy could just tell people, yeah, I'm a zombie. It's messed up. My brother's a genius, guys. Maybe he can save more people. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why he's, like, too embarrassed. Just be like, yeah, I'm a zombie, everybody. I got some cuts on my face. But I'm alive. Isn't that amazing? Let's get my brother into, like, research. Yeah, that is true. But no, they decided to kill a woman. No, just make me a woman. What he needs is a computer and a friend whose parents are going away for the weekend. Weird science. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile on Charmed. 
Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time as Buffy and Gilmore Girls, but neither of us have seen that show. But we're going to discuss it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries and what we believe has happened so far. What we know has happened. You're right. Stacey, what happened on Charmed? Meanwhile on Charmed Season 2, Episode 2, Morality Bites, Phoebe has a vivid premonition for telling her own death. Burned at the stake for killing a man with her powers in the year 2009. To prevent her execution, the sisters travel to the future. So they go to the future. Do you think they use Piper's current bow, the time-traveling demon Tempest? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to me that she kept a boyfriend for this long. I know. That's not usually her thing. Right. But yeah, I think they use him to get to the future. Why do you think she's killing a man, though? It doesn't specifically say what powers. Might have been her powers of persuasion. Yeah, I bet it wasn't even her real powers. I'm guessing this is based on Reality Bites. I've never seen this movie, but I think Ben Affleck's in it. No, Ben, not Affleck. Ben. Ben. Ben Stiller. Mm. I think she kills Ben Stiller. Because of it being based on Reality Bites? Yeah, she kills Ben Stiller through persuasion because she just talks about some of the movies he did that didn't go very well. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, yeah, you're right. Tropic Thunder was my last real good one. And he just jumps off a bridge And they're like, you are a witch. You're too persuasive. And then they just, you know, they explain to this angry mom. They're like, no, look at some of these movies. We can't let him do The Watch. There's too many nights at the museum. I'm doing us all a favor. (laughs) That's probably what happened. I'm pretty sure this show is probably 1999. Mm -hmm. So we're going 10 years in the future. What kind of things do you think they predicted? Oof. Probably plaid pants, because that's what they were doing in 1999. You think they were like, we'll probably still be wearing plaid pants? And They'll be plaider. Plaid shirts, plaid hats, just all plaid. Or they are just they went too far with it, and it's Star Trek-y. I bet they did predict some kind of like Siri technology. For like sure. Some kind of talking Alexa type thing. Do you think that they uh, were able to predict a black president? No, <laughs> I don't. I'm sure there was a scene where like, and there is our white old president. <laughs> It's interesting that they're still burning people at the stake in 2009. Yeah, maybe it goes it goes the opposite way, right? Like things get like there's like a dark age, there's like an EMP blast or something. Oh, maybe. Yeah, there could be like a big event that happens in the early 2000s, like 2003. Yeah. That caused them to like go back to the old ways. Well, hopefully they were able to change that future too. I just hope that the time travel works out and that like she doesn't accidentally do this again when they get to 2009. Oh yeah, I hope that's true too. This has been Meanwhile Uncharted. So then we watched Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 2, Hammers and Veils. Brian, what happened on this episode? Uh, Hammers and Veils is about Rory figuring out, I don't know why, for the first time, that she needs to do a bunch of extracurriculars and how that affects her time management so she can get into Harvard. But also it's about Lorelai dealing with the fact that her mother is very upset that she didn't tell her she was getting married. Yeah, that's what happened. The episode opens with Lorelai trying on a newspaper veil and asking Rory how it looks because she needs to figure out a veil for her wedding. And Rory's making jokes about reading the paper. You said that there was like a, it sounds like she didn't know what an arms race was. Yeah, Rory's like reading the paper that's on her head and she says something like, this Putin arms race is just getting crazy. But it's clear that Alexis Bledel has never heard the term arms race before. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it sounds like anyway. So the first real scene of the show is Rory at school and she sees her old friends, Paris and Madeline and Louise. Yeah. With a Z? Like L-O-U-I-S-E? Louise? Like a woman's name? Not like Louise? 
Louise. Okay, so she goes up to her friends, and it's weird because Louise is definitely wearing like a wig for some reason. Like, that's yeah. not her hair, right? Maybe she was doing like a different part where she had to have a different color hair. I don't know. And they're still mad at her because Paris thought she was going to date Tristan, even though it's clear she isn't dating Tristan. Rory even points it out. Like, you're mad because you thought something and you were wrong. It's crazy that you're still mad at me. But Madeline seems to have forgotten that they're mad at her. She keeps trying to be nice to her. Yeah, that was fun. So Rory's like, I'm going to do the same extracurricular that you're doing to force us to hang out. And Paris is like, fine, I don't care, whatever. So she's going to like build these houses. I don't know what it's called. It's not Habitat for Humanity. It's but It's basically that, I think. Yeah. It's also weird. They're all here taking summer classes. Like, Jesus, people, settle down. Lane's boyfriend shows up and he's like, I called the house and Miss Kim was not cool with it. He's like, can you give this message to her, please? And Rory's like, yeah, of course. I'm a good friend, even though I don't care that she's being shipped away. They don't discuss that she's being shipped away, though. I know. It's weird. I was like, did we forget that storyline? But we didn't. She's still going. So we know that he's still there. He's still part of the show. It's not Kevin. Is it Parker? What's his name? Henry. Henry. That night is Friday night dinner. Immediately, it's clear that something's wrong with Emily. And she says it's because Richards has got a flight that's early the next day. So they've got to eat quickly. But you can just tell something's up. We know it's up. Because she found out last week that her daughter didn't tell her she was getting married. Before they go in, Rory's like, Mom, tell her, tell her. And Lorelai's like, I'll tell her when I want to tell her and not today. Richard takes uh, Rory aside and is like, I need to like double apologize to you. It's so funny. He's just like, we're we're good, right? It was so sweet. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he wanted to make sure they were okay. I love their relationship. Yeah. I think this was setting up for a big fight down the road. This season, you said? Yeah, because they were like, oh, I'm so glad that the fight's over. It was our first fight, and I hated it. And she's like, yeah, let's never fight again kind of vibe, which to me was like, oh, this is a taste. We're going to get a big family fight later. Meanwhile, Emily and Lorelai are having an awkward, angry dinner. Lorelai's trying to talk to her, and Emily's not into it. So Lorelai just tells her, like, hey, I'm getting married, Mom. And Emily's like, mm, good for you. Maybe we'll come if we're not busy that day. Yeah, so obviously Lorelai is, like, shattered by this. Yeah. So the next day, Rory's on her way out to go build a house, and her mom gives her, like, a bedazzled hammer. Yeah, it looks like a flamingo. It's got, like, pink feathers all over it. Like, I get that it's funny. I would be like, uh, I'm not taking this, Mom. (laughs) I went to college for interior design, Mm -hmm. and I had to take a construction class. And we actually built a little mini house. I don't know, 12 feet by 6 feet, maybe? Hmm. And we had to have hard hats. It was a yellow hard hat, and I put, like, little pink flower stickers all over it because I thought it would be funny. And I remember, like, really regretting that choice. (laughs) Oh, yeah? (laughs) I was kind of embarrassed about it. I still have it somewhere. Was that uh, having seen the show at that point? That's a good question. Um, I feel like, yeah. It might have been around the same time. You're like, it worked for Rory. I think that was like my second year of college. So it could have been around the time when I had started watching this. Had I seen this episode? I don't know. So Rory's on her way out the door and everyone keeps stopping her <laughs> to give her a hammer or Lane drops by and is like, here's all of my possessions that I hide from my mother. Please hide it. Everyone's also giving Rory a hard time for going to build a house, but she has no clue what she's doing. So that's fair. Yeah. And then also Dean's like, hey, let's uh, hang out. I was just randomly stopping by to hang out with you, which I've never had friends just like pop in. No. Let's hang. Are you maybe free right now? No. Uh, You have a phone, you know? So she's like, I don't have time. He's like, oh, but I want to. And she's like, well, we can maybe later. And he's like, okay, cool. Maybe I can watch you look for books. And she's like, you can watch me look for books on Amazon. Remember Amazon when it was for books? And not for everything. At the job site, it's clear Rory has no idea what she's doing and like shouldn't be doing this. (laughs) They really give her not enough instruction at all. She just starts hammering a nail into the wall. 
all not attached to anything. She even says, like, people have to live here. And he's like, well, just ask somebody else. But it's like, yeah, but, like, she could make a fatal flaw. <laughs> like, somebody should, like, have given the people volunteering a course on this or, or something. At least, like, a diagram of what needs to be done. Yeah, I helped build some houses in Mexico. And, like, someone was just like, do this thing. And I was like, cool, I will do that thing. Like, I can, you know what I mean? Like, you just taught me enough that I can just do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she needs, like, some task at least. Yeah. And then she runs into Paris and Paris uh, goes on and on about how she's done this forever and lists like all the stuff she's been doing since she was uh, in her mom's womb for extracurricular. Mm-hmm. And so then Rory has this realization like, I'm not doing enough. I need to do more, which is insane that she hasn't thought about that before now. Because Rory's whole thing, her number one goal is to get into Harvard. So you think she's definitely talked to counselors about it, definitely like read about it. Extracurriculars are, I mean, I knew I had to do extracurriculars and I wasn't going to Harvard. Yeah, I was going to like a state school and I, I for sure knew by this age that I had to do at least a couple things. Yeah, and I was getting good grades. Uh, I mean, they weren't a mixture like Dean. They were good grades. <laughs> I think she knew she should do some, but I don't think she realized like how competitive it would be. Everyone that applies to Harvard does all those things. So mm-hmm. she needs to have done more and better extracurriculars. Yep. You'd think though she, I mean, Harvard's like the most competitive. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, okay, I gotta do more. And she's running home. And then Dean's like, oh, hey, we're gonna hang out. And she's like, I don't have time to hang out. And he's like, but I want to make out so mm, hard with you. I want to thank you so much. And she's all like, I can't. He's like, but you promised. And she's like, I can't, okay? I wanted to get into Harvard. And he's like, I don't even know what Harvard means. I don't read books. I just pretend. I'm dumb. He's not? (laughs) Like, why doesn't he want to go to college? Because he seems somewhat smart. He says he's an idiot. She goes, no, you're not. But she literally called him an idiot even when she told him that she loved him. Yeah. I do feel like a little bit here, though. She was like, maybe you should, like, think about college though what are you doing yeah we don't really know what's going on with dean we know he gets a mix of grades but we don't know what he does he's not good at math we know he knows how to build a car hopefully but i i think we kind of sided with dean here like yeah maybe rory does need to start focusing on this but like she tells dean she could hang out tomorrow why couldn't she just like keep her plans with dean tonight and then worry about this tomorrow yeah it's not like she's gonna get a bunch of extracurricular stuff done that night no on a saturday night like you can't really do much yeah, I, I feel like it was she was being a little little cray. I get though maybe her brain was just scattered and she wouldn't have been able to like focus on making out with Dean. You really need to focus. He's so tall. You gotta will yourself to be up higher. Yeah. So they fight. They're not gonna hang out. They like walk away from each other in a huff. A big huff. At home, Rory's like jokingly mad at her mom for not teaching her wilderness skills so she can't be a Girl Scout leader. So Lorelai goes on a date with Max, and the entire time she's just, like, distracted and drinking a lot and, like, complaining about her mother. This is just, like, par for the course for Lorelai, where she's just, like, being very emotional and, like, moody and, like, scatterbrained, and Max is just patiently, like, what's going on? Yeah, but Max is telling her about his parents being super supportive of their engagement, so I get why that would, like, bring up her bad feelings. Absolutely, and I get that, but this isn't, like, a one-time instance. This is, like... Every time they're together. Yeah, that makes sense. Have their parents met? No. Has she met his? They don't say that they that she hasn't met his, but like, I don't know. This engagement feels rushed. I've, it's weird to not meet the parents, right? It's weird. It's also weird that she was going to like cancel this date. I don't know. I feel like she should not be with Max and the show seven seasons, so I'm sure she doesn't end up with Max, at least not for a while. Why? Because he's going away for two months, which we find out later? Yeah, for sure. That's why. <laughs> they threw that in so late. <laughs> 
this guy's going out of town for the summer. Lorelai's like, I want to go home. He's like, no, let's go somewhere else. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got an idea. So he drives them to Emily's house. She's telling him where to go. I was a little worried because she's clearly drunk. And I'm like, is he drunk? I mean, they only showed her having two. Yeah, I'm assuming she drank more and and men can have more before they they get as drunk. Okay, we get it. Well, it's not because men have higher willpower. No, it's because they get paid more and they can afford more drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I I was saying. So, of course, bad idea. We all know where this is going. She, like, bursts into her mom's house, rings the doorbell a bunch of times. Max is just there like, okay, cool. I'm so glad I'm here. (laughs) And she's, like, screaming at her mom, like, I can't believe you just wouldn't even react. This is, like, the most important thing in my life, and you don't even care. Do you have any idea how that feels? And Emily's like, yeah, it's probably like when I found out from a stranger that you're getting married and my daughter wouldn't even tell me. And Lorelai says, nothing. Lorelai just kind of like, oh, well. I'm going to go. Well, Emily opens the door for her and, like, shoes her out. <laughs> and Max is all like, uh, my parents want to meet you sometime. Hope everything's cool. Which, Max, read the room. Don't say anything. This is not the time. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that Lorelai was like, yeah, you're right. I messed up. Mm-hmm. As crazy as it was for her mother to not respond when she said she was getting married, I think in that moment she's like, you know what? You're right this time, Emily. I should have told you. I know why you're angry. Yeah, she didn't say that, but you could just read on her face. There was nothing she could say. Yeah. At the inn, Lorelai walks into the kitchen, and Suki's like, no, 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 because she's got all her engagement pastries in there. Yes, her engagement pastries. I mean, her her bridal shower pastries. They call it a shower and an engagement party, but yeah, Lorelai walks in on Suki preparing food for a surprise party. And you pointed out, and you're totally right, that, like, she goes in there every day, like, every couple hours to grab coffee. So yeah. it's insane that they would be hiding anything in there, let alone all of that food. Also, a shower and engagement party aren't the same thing. So which is it, Suki? Which is it? It's kind of both. Like, they get gifts, but there's also, like, dancing, and who knows? And, of course, this is when she finds out that Suki's the one that told her mother about the engagement. She doesn't seem mad at her, though. I mean, it's clearly an accident. Yeah. But then they have a huge party in the town square. Everyone's there. Everyone's dancing. Kirk's got a megaphone for some reason. I hated that. I was like, I know it's supposed to be funny, but like, why is he in charge of that? This is where we find out Max is leaving to teach in Toronto for two months. It's crazy that their wedding is so soon. Like, three months is a pretty short engagement. But then the groom's just going to be gone for all of that? Like, what? Yeah, it's weird. It's also, like, clearly, like, very plot exposition-y. Like, oh, no, I wonder what this is about. This is important. Uh-huh. Well, I'm guessing they're going to skip summer now because they've done two episodes at the end of the previous year. Yeah. Dean shows up and he's like, hey, um, just like Richard, I want to make sure we're cool. And she's like, yeah, I was being as bad. He's like, no, I was jealous of Harvard. Let's kiss again. And they do. And it's great. Yeah, they're so happy. And Lorelai notices that Luke's not there. So she wants to go talk to Luke because obviously she's in love with Luke. And that's going to be a big problem coming up. So she's like, I'm going to go talk to Luke. She goes in there. Has Luke put on weight specifically in his neck? I feel like his neck got fatter over the summer. I think Jackson lost weight. So maybe they put some of that over there. Yeah, all of Jackson's weight went into Luke's neck. Yeah. Lorelai goes into Luke's, and I just need to mention that I love this show and I love the writing, but whoever is doing, like, set design, (laughs) it's, like, got a problem. Luke needs an acting coach for how to work in a restaurant. (laughs) We've caught him weirdly putting away pickles. We've caught him kind of just sprinkling coffee into a filter, like he didn't know how much was supposed to be in there. And now he's marrying the ketchups. And he's got like four of them stacked on top of four other ones. But all the ketchup is in the top ones. Why would you pour the full ones into the empty ones? <laughs> and they're not moving. And it's like, yeah, because you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like, 
It doesn't make any sense. Has this actor never been to a restaurant before? You'd think one of these actors would have been a server at some point and would have pointed out, like, hey, that's, uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, This coffee is priced absurdly. and uh, There's no coffee in it. (laughs) (laughs) She tells him, hey, this is an important part of my life, and it just seems wrong that you're not there. And he's all like, "Mm, okay, mm, okay, mm, all right, I'll go. Mm." There's a lot of moments in the show where someone's like checking in to make sure Mm -hmm. they're good, like Richard and Rory. Dean and Rory. I think this is Lorelai's way of being like, hey, I'm getting married, but I want us to be friends still, even though I know we have awkward will they or won't they chemistry, and I want you to be part of my new married life in some way. Can we do baby steps to that, please? He's like, "Mm, okay. So she leaves. Jackson and Suki are still awkward about this whole wedding being around them. And Jackson says he wants to move in with Suki. Mm-hmm. And she, she just laughs. She thinks it's a joke, I guess. Yeah, I don't know why Suki's being weird about it, but Jackson seems to want to make things more serious and Suki doesn't take it seriously. Yeah, but I'm guessing they're going to move in together. Kirk and Miss Patty are dancing. That was kind of cute and weird. Yep. Lane is leaving. She's DJing, I guess. Her mom's fine with that. It's 8 o'clock and she's DJing and she said her flight is at 10. We're like, Lane, go. You're going to miss your flight. This was pre-9-11. True. So I think back then... Actually, no. It wasn't? I think this episode would have aired like October of 2001. So it was probably filmed pre-9-11. You're right. Yeah. So back then you could just go to an airport and just like you just get there five minutes before you had to jump on a plane. And they just like looked you up and down a little bit. And they were like, "Mm, you're good. We see her drive away, her big old suitcase strapped to the top of the car. I'm sure it's 50 pounds or less. (laughs) No way. Yeah, that thing was huge. It's, It's comically big and it's funny to look at. See you later, Lane. Then Luke shows up and he sits on a bench like, mm, I'm, I'm here. I'm supportive of this. And he kind of looks at her like, oh, she's happy and that makes me happy. It's a fun visual because there's like three or four little girls there on the bench with him looking at him. Yeah, Miss Patty has like choreographed a dance number for this party with little girls in wedding dresses. <laughs> Just a cute little shot to end on. And we also have Max once again reiterate that he's going to be gone for three months. And he's like, you'll still love me the same when I get back, right? You'll wait for me. It's like, oh, my God, we clearly are foreshadowing that she is not going to want you or wait for you. Brian, we don't know. The last part of the episode is Lorelai stopping at her mother's house under the pretense of she can't figure out which veil to wear. A callback to the beginning of the episode. I mean, she really can't. It's a real problem she's having. And Emily's like, "Mm, you're perfectly capable of figuring this out yourself. She's writing a letter angrily. And then Lorelai's like, listen, mom, like, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I just don't communicate well with you. And I feel like you shit on everything I say. I mean, she says that she's hard to talk to and that she usually makes her feel bad about good things. And this was a good thing that she didn't want to feel bad about, which is fair. But Emily would probably have pointed out, like, how long have you known this guy and you're getting engaged? Which probably would have been the right thing to say. Yeah. But Emily, at first, doesn't seem like she's going to warm up at all. But then she's like, well, you could try tiara. I wore tiara. Yeah, it's like an olive branch. Yeah. It's sweet. She's sort of like, we're still maybe angry at each other, but I forgive you a little bit. It was cool you apologized. Yeah. I think you cried a little. I wipe my eyes, okay, everybody? I cry a lot, people out there that are like rolling their eyes at me. Uh, I don't cry in real life a lot, but if a movie's like, hey, the scene's sad, I'm like, yeah, it is. I get it from my dad. Anytime you walk into a room and he's got like the Lifetime channel on, he's all like, oh, I'm just watching sports. And you're like, all right, dad. Stacy, hmm. do you think this is a good episode of Gilmore Girls? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think so too. I don't know. Everything like made sense. Nothing was too crazy over the top. 
other than Rory not realizing she needed to do extracurriculars, I don't have a lot of flaws with it. And her and Dean's fight was pretty inconsequential. There's nothing wrong with it, right? That's not like it's bad writing. But I was just like, yeah, you're not going to break up. And I'm not upset that you guys are fighting because you're going to be fine. It feels like something teenagers would fight over. Yeah, for sure. It's a real thing. It just had no emotional weight for me. And uh, yeah, the stuff with like Lorelai and her mother patching their relationship was great. The stuff with Rory and Richard patching their relationship was great. A lot of it was very funny. I thought the, the party at the end was charming. Yeah, everything hit the right spots for me. So which episode do you think was better? I think Gilmore Girls was. Me too. Just what we said. Mm-hmm. Um, Buffy was funny, but the main storyline of Buffy was crazy. Yeah, I enjoyed both, but Gilmore's was better this time for sure. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on either or both of these episodes. Like, is it wrong to bring dead people back to life? Lorelai and Max are going to make it through these two months apart, right? If you had to make the perfect partner, man or woman, which celebrity parts would you put together? We all know that was the wrong way to marry ketchup, right? What do you think Daryl was going to do to that zombie lady? Don't answer that. Do you think Emily was actually the victim for once? What? Insane. Let us know. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or Twitter at Gilmore Slayer. Also, follow us at Brian and Stacy. That's Brian with a Y and Stacy with an EY. Or send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy, where we review all kinds of things. We mentioned weird science a few times this episode. We actually did a review of weird science not too long ago. Yeah, the movie doesn't age perfectly, but it's a very fun watch. You should check out the review. It's related. I'll post it on our social media. Cool. And if you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you do, we'll give you a shout-out on this very podcast. Next time, if you want to watch along, we'll be watching Gilmore Girls Season 2, Episode 3, Red Light on the Wedding Night. Interesting. Oh, my God. Do they hit another deer? (laughs) Yeah, they blow a red light and hit another deer. Well, I'm sorry. They hit the first deer. The first deer hit them. Good, you're learning. We're also going to be watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 3, School Hard. Is that like Die Hard? All I'm going to say is Spike. Is he the mayor? No, he's not the mayor. Is Quark the mayor? No, Quark's not the mayor. Is Xander the mayor? Xander's the mayor. Bye.